Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Cameron Huddleston. Cameron, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do this. <laughs> awesome. Let's do this. Cameron is a personal finance expert, a columnist, freelance writer, content creator, and soon-to-be author. I'm excited to have you on. Cameron, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I'm happy to be talking to you today. I, um, in my personal life, I'm a mom of three awesome kids, two girls and a boy. Uh, I work from home, which is really awesome, too, because uh, I live in a place where the cost of living is low, which, you know, for someone who writes about personal finance, it's a smart move. Um, and I have been writing about personal finance for more than 15 years. I got my start with Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. I was a columnist for their website. And then a couple years ago, I started writing for Go Banking Rates, which is based in California. And I'm a columnist for them. Excellent. So what I was hoping to uh, to talk to you about and, and get into today is I know that you have personal experience with caregiving and I also know that um, having conversations about money is tough for everybody but probably even more tough when you're talking to talking to aging parents about it. So I was hoping that you would share some information or just share some share some of, of your experiences with, Having to uh, take care or, or, or deal deal with aging parents and what you learn from that and what people can take away from it. Got it. So certainly you are right. I mean, most people don't are not having conversations with their parents about their finances, and really it's you know for two reasons. First, they don't realize. Excuse me. They don't realize it's an important conversation they need to have. Or they're afraid to have the conversation, which I get. I mean, it is awkward. I mean, it's right up there with like that birds and the bees talk your parents gave you when you were a kid. I mean, if you if they gave that talk to you, you remember how awkward it was. They either were incredibly vague about the topic and kind of left you guessing and scratching your head. Like, what was that even about? <laughs> or they were incredibly detailed and, you know, it kind of gave you nightmares for the rest of your life. Or they just handed you that book, you know, <laughs> here, read this and yeah. go figure it out on your own. You know, it's, and then now the tables are turned. You feel like, you know, Hey, I probably need to talk to my parents just to make sure they're squared away for retirement or, you know, do they have a will or what's going to happen if they need me to step in and care for them. But you're the kid still. And you know this. And you know that if you go to mom and dad, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be like that talk that their, your parents gave you. And you're, you know, you don't want it to blow up. And um, you don't want a parent, your parents to think that you're being, you know, condescending. And so I get it. It is so, it's so difficult. But I want to encourage people to have this conversation. I had to have this conversation with my mother. She was diagnosed 10 years ago with Alzheimer's. I was 35 at the time. She was 65, which is relatively young. It's not considered to be early onset Alzheimer's, but still, you know, 65 is a pretty young age to be diagnosed, right. you know, with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I was 35. I had young kids at the time, too. I only had two kids at the time. And 
they were still in diapers, you know? So my focus was on taking care of my kids. And suddenly I realized I'm going to have to step in and help take care of my mom. I do have a sister. She lives many States away. So it was going to fall on me. My father had died several years before and my parents were actually divorced. So, you know, my dad wasn't in the picture to help with my mom. And that's why, you know, this responsibility was mine. And, you know, I, I feel like certainly I had made some mistakes. I had not had conversations with my mom early on about her finances. I had a general idea of where she stood. I knew she owned her home. I knew that, you know, she was, she was, had some money coming in from social security, a very small pension, you know, from her work. She worked at a, worked as a preschool teacher um, with a private Catholic school you know, so I had a general idea of where she stood, um, but I certainly feel like I dropped the ball. I had some conversations with my mom well before she had any signs of memory loss. And the conversation I had with her was about long-term care insurance, which I think is a really kind of good way perhaps to kind of initiate this conversation with your parents. I basically had moved back from Washington, D.C., where I was living and when I was working with Kiplingers and moved back to my home state of Kentucky. And I had said to my mom, Mom, do you have long-term care insurance? She said no. And I said, well, I would love it if you could look into it, you know, reach out to an insurance agent, um, you know, find out if you can get some coverage because this is so important. Um, Medicare does not pay for long-term care. And, you know, typically the only way to get any sort of help with it is with Medicaid and Medicaid is not easy to qualify for. I mean, basically you have to spend down all your assets. Um, and so she looked into it and unfortunately she did not, um, she was considered too high risk because she had another health issue. And of course, you know, fate being what it is, she ended up needing long-term care. Um, and I feel like this is where I dropped the ball. Like when she came back and said, I can't get it. You know, that should have been included to me right then. Sit down with mom, have a conversation. Mom, let's figure out a plan on how we're going to pay for this in case you do need it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. You know, I think just because I was really busy at the time, you know, I just had at that time, you know, my I just had my first child and I was working and, you know, thinking about my focus was on my my small child. And and I did drop the ball. Um, and so when she did starting, start showing signs of memory loss, I jumped in quickly and I was very fortunate because I said, mom, let's go to the attorney and let's update all your estate planning documents. Um, you know, make sure your will is up to date and most importantly, power of attorney. Um, this is something that, you know, everyone needs to talk to their parents about mom and dad, who's your power of attorney, you know, and they might, you know, look at you with a blank look on their face and say, I have no idea what you're even talking about. What this document is, um, it basically allows you to name someone to make financial decisions for you if you can't. And for me, this has enabled me to basically get in there and help my mom manage her money. Um, Without it, I could not do anything. The banks wouldn't talk to me. Credit card companies wouldn't talk to me. Doctors wouldn't talk to me. You know, really, I would be totally screwed. What I would have to do is go to court. Right. If you don't have power of attorney, if your parent has not designated you or a sibling or someone else's power of attorney and something happens, they have a stroke, they have, you know, dementia, um, you know, whatever it is, 
if you are no longer considered mentally competent and, you know, your parent or you, for that matter, have not named someone as your power of attorney, then you have to go through the court system to be designated as a conservator. And it's a very expensive, lengthy process. It's something that, you know, no one really wants to go through, you know. So um, fortunately, I did this while my mom was still competent enough to sign those documents. And that that initial meeting with the attorney really kind of helped initiate a lot of other conversations too about her finances, you know, what sort of accounts she had. We went to the bank and put me on her account there. And I was very fortunate too, in a way, because my mother was not technically savvy. She did not have um, online banking. She had not signed up for it. She didn't even have a computer. (laughs) She was not even a debit card. Like she was still writing checks. And so, you know, once I went to the bank with her and they put me on her account as a what's called a representative payee, I got online and set up online banking for her basically so I could monitor her accounts and make sure her bills were getting paid, right. you know, making sure that she wasn't making mistakes with her money. And, you know, what you'll find with a parent and not just, you know, not just parents who are having issues with memory, but just as we age, we lose our ability to make financial decisions. And one thing that you really have to watch out for with your parents is making sure they're not getting taken advantage of. Like, oh, my mom is getting all these letters from charitable organizations, some legitimate, some probably not so legitimate. And she was writing checks to them all. Every, I feel like, and I knew that she was writing checks to them, not just from monitoring her accounts, but you could open up these letters and it would be like, thank you for your donation. Would you like to make another one? And a lot of these were organizations she had no ties to. So really I knew she had no business contributing her money to these organizations. And, you know, but still she needed to be watching her finances and not, you know, making donations to all these groups when really we needed to make sure she was preserving her money so that we could help pay for her care down the road because she did not have any sort of long-term care insurance, um, you know, to pay for her care. So, you know, these were just some little things that I had to do initially step in and, you know, sometimes go through the mail, just take those, take those requests away so that she wasn't even, you know, seeing them and feeling any sort of pressure to make those donations. Um, you know, but granted, I really should have sat down and gotten an even more detailed list from her while she was more mentally competent of every account she had, just so that nothing would slip through the cracks. Because as she was losing her memory, I was trying to put together a piece of, you know, pieces of a puzzle and kind of figure out a lot of it on my own, you know, what does she have? What accounts does she have? I mean, I almost had a, a large account slip through the cracks um, because I didn't even realize it existed. It was about $50,000 in an investment account and it was about to be turned over to the state. And, you know, luckily we had moved and the people who had bought our house kept getting these letters, you know, saying that, you know, for, that this account was about to be turned over to the state as an unclaimed asset. Unfortunately, you know, because of my power of attorney, I was able to step in cash out the account and use it for about a year's worth of her assisted living. Um, but, you know, if I had had these conversations with her sooner while she was before any signs of dementia had appeared and we had gone through all of her finances, all of her accounts, I would have been in such a better position once she started having trouble to manage her accounts, to step in. You know, it wasn't 
it wasn't a complete disaster, but it certainly would have gone a lot smoother if I had had those conversations with her smoother. But, you know, it wasn't something I was necessarily thinking about. And I know most people aren't thinking about it because you've got your own families, your own work. And, you know, the last thing you're thinking about your parents' finances, but most of us are going to have to get involved with our parents' financial lives one way or the other, either while they're still living because they might have issues or, you know, once they die, because you might have to step in and be the executor of their estate. Or even if they didn't have a will, then you've got to sort things out with your siblings or, you know, especially if there's been a divorce in the family and there's, you know, kids from kids from various marriages or, you know, you've got stepbrothers and stepsisters and suddenly the arguments erupt over who gets mom and dad's things. And so if you don't have these conversations beforehand, you know, down the road, it can, it can really end up being a huge disaster, just something you don't want to have to deal with, um, creating a lot of resentment and a lot of frustration for sure. Yeah. I think that that's such great advice. And that is the ugly reality of when a parent dies and there's assets or there's stuff and the kids and, and, and there's not a, a, a written out plan uh, for what's going to happen to everything, it's going to damage those relationships and maybe even forever. So, but I, I also appreciate, you know, the, the, the fact that you're so forthright and frank about, geez, I, I really should have done this earlier, but you had a young family and you didn't have a lot of headspace. When you finally did, you you finally realized, okay, I really need to get this done. How how easy or hard was it to to bring that up to your mom? And really, what what did you say to her? You know, I I felt very fortunate that my mother was not um, she was not uncomfortable talking about money. You know, a lot of people in I would say her generation you know, money is a taboo topic. My father, he never, never really wanted to talk about money. Um, and, you know, fortunately she was really pretty open, um, to having discussions. And, you know, like I said, for me, getting that conversation started meant, um, you know, I did it with a, with a meeting with the attorney. That was the first thing that we did that really helped get the ball rolling, you know, mom, let's go meet with the attorney and update your documents. And that was so helpful because having that third party there, someone who is saying, you know, you know, in addition to updating your documents, you should really go to the bank and put your daughter on your account. These are some other things that you should look at doing. That was so helpful because when you have that third party there saying to a parent, you know, these are the things that you need to do to make sure, you know, your daughter can help you manage your finances because you are starting to have problems. Um, you know, a lot of times people might not want to listen to their kids, but if you've got someone like an attorney, a financial planner, you know, even a, um, you know, someone at your place of worship or another family member, you know, perhaps your parents, brother or sister, or even a family friend who says, you know, these, this is the sort of information you should be talking about with your kids so that they can help you if you need that help. And I think when it comes to talking to a parent about money, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but when you initiate the conversation, you don't want to make it about money because, because people are so reluctant to discuss money issues. Often you don't come to your parents and say, Hey, mom and dad, 
I want to know about your finances. Because, of course, they might get defensive right away. What do you mean you want to know about my finances? You know, that's none of your business. You know, so you want to come to them saying, mom and dad, you cared for me. You helped raise me. You made sure I was okay, And you did everything you could to make sure that I was safe and secure growing up. And I want to make sure that I can do the same for you as you get older. I want to return that favor. You help me and I want to be able to help you. And I want to talk to you about how I can do that. How can I help you? How can I help you make sure that if you're going to need care someday, that you get the sort of care you want or maybe or to make sure that you can afford it. And if you don't have the finances or you don't have long term care insurance, what role do you expect me to play? What role do you expect my siblings to play? I want to make sure that everything is in place so that if something happens to you, nothing slips through the cracks. Your bills get paid or, of course, we all die. I mean, there's no question about that. So mom and dad, you know, what do you have planned for this? Do you have maybe, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't have a lot of money. I just want to make sure that what you have, what assets you do have, they go to the people you want them to go to. You know, maybe you don't want your you know, your good for nothing brother to get all your money or, or that kid, that kid who never listened to you. And, you know, you don't want my good for nothing brother to get all the money you want to make, (laughs) you know, you know, you just, you come to them say not making the conversation about money, but making the conversation about them and, and making sure that their wishes are granted basically. Um, and, and that is an easy way to get the conversation started. Granted, there are going to be some parents who don't even want to talk about that because, you know, when you bring up the topic of death and wills, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. I think there's this idea, if I talk about it, it's going to happen, <laughs> which is crazy as it sounds, you know, and I've talked to plenty of estate planning attorneys and it's, and they say all the time, you know, clients are like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, and the attorneys are like, look, talking to me about your wills and your estate plans it doesn't mean that you're going to die tomorrow. It just means that when you do die, things will go smoothly. And, <laughs> and, and having good language that that you know that you can use, just just like exactly what what you just provided for people, I think is is so key. So they that so that they have a a a path to run on, um, a track to run on, so that they can have that conversation. And even if parents do blow them off and they say, oh, that's not something I want to talk about, at least the seed has been planted and they know that this is probably something that they should be talking about. So It is, and I think certainly if your parents are reluctant, another good strategy you can use is a story. Hey, mom and dad, and even if you have to, you can make it up. <laughs> you can make it up, but you can say, you know, mom and dad, you know, I have a friend whose mother was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And unfortunately, you know, they went to the attorney to upstate her estate planning documents, but it was too late. Mm. It was too late. She was no longer competent enough to sign the documents. And so my friend ended up having to go to court, go to court and prove her mother was no longer competent. It was very expensive process. And I want to make sure this doesn't happen for us, you know, so we need to talk about what we can do so that this doesn't happen. Or I have a friend whose father just passed away and he didn't have a will. And now his kids are fighting over who gets what. And I know, mom and dad, you don't want that to happen. 
in our family. So let's talk about how we can prevent that because, you know, like I said, you don't want this to happen. Surely you don't. I like it. If you don't have a good story personally, borrow borrow somebody else's. Borrow right. someone else's story. <laughs> well, Cameron, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So, you know, along the lines of this conversation that we're having about talking to your parents, my biggest tip is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk to your parents about your finances. Don't assume that you have time to wait because if you wait, it will be much more difficult. You want to have these conversations when your mom and dad are in good health, when they are mentally competent to have these conversations. It will go a lot smoother and you will be prepared and you will actually be able to step in and help them because if you don't have these conversations you really will regret it it's going to be harder for you it's going to be harder for your parents and it will be a lot more difficult for you to help them if they need the help that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on come on so cameron thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you Well, you can follow me on Facebook. It's Cameron Huddleston Money Expert. You can follow me on Twitter. It's C.H. Lebedinsky. That's L-E-B-E-D-I-N-S-K-Y. Awesome. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Cameron your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow her on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you again, Cameron. Thank you for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!